0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary bgw we were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus pittsburgh steelers
1: fans what is going on it's jeff Hartman, editor of behindthesteelcurtain.com the steelers win 16 to 13 but the season is over cuz the browns do not win Yes, there's a chance the Steelers could squeak in if the Titans and Colts tie. But if you're an honest fan, you know that's not going to happen. So we're going to talk about all of it today. The Browns lost, the Steelers win, the season being essentially over. And to do that, I bring in my co-host, Lance Williams. Lance, what's going on, man? It's a sad day for Steeler fans.
2: Yes, it is. It's a very sad day. You got to get in a tournament to win championships. It looks like they're not going to be in the tournament and they're not going to be able to compete for a seventh Lombardi. And that's just it's just it's just a tough pill. You've got a veteran quarterback that's getting older, you know, with free agency teams change. Maybe that's a good thing for this particular football team. Tough pill to swallow for Steeler Nation. (sighs) Not in a dance. The dancing shoes look like they will be left home.
1: Yeah I got, I got to say that's probably the biggest surprise for me is if they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl I can't say I would have I wouldn't have been shocked cuz I know that this team is far from ready at the I guess if you want to put it that way especially defensively but I never in my wildest dreams would have seen the Steelers outside the playoffs not even getting in not even having a chance to get hot at the right time and so here you have it a 9-6 and 1 season they do not win the AFC North which it stays true. No team since realignment has ever won the AFC North division three straight years in a row. And the Steelers fumbling away at literally a seven, two and one season at one point, they fail to win it three times in a row. And so the Baltimore Ravens are AFC North champions. They go on to play. I believe the chargers are going to host the chargers this upcoming Saturday or Sunday. I'm not sure if that schedule has been released, nor do I even care. So, Let's talk first though, Lance. Before we get into the playoff talk, before we get into the talk about what went wrong this season, I do want to talk about this game in particular because I think it's meaningful for a couple things. Number one, we said this before we went on the air. This game was awful. I mean, I pity fans that like I have to watch the game. Like I have to write the articles and I have to know what happens. But for fans that paid to go see this game, oh my gosh. You should be emailing Mr. Rooney and saying, I would like a refund because this was awful. What was your general knee-jerk reaction coming off the 16-13 to 13 Matt McCrane-fest?
2: I think I wrote on Twitter, uh, everyone is up for firing the way that performance was looking. And, you know, I'm not a fire-everybody guy. I'm not that type of guy. You guys know that. I'm pretty much a stay-the-course guy, pretty stable. But they, th- I mean... They were flatter than asphalt laid, just freshly laid out. I mean, I mean, they were, I mean, it it was so flat. It it was just, I I don't get it. And, and this goes back to Keith Butler thinking Tyler Eifert was playing. It's just bad. It's just bad. It was just comically flat. It's a terrible performance. I know there are some guys that I follow on Twitter. I know Dane was at the game. I know K.Y. Steeler, what's up, guy? Although we disagree politically, we both are Steeler fans. I know K.Y. Steeler, uh, I think, went to Heinz Field for the first time. So I know guys had some fun at the game, guys that follow the program I follow on Twitter. For that perspective, it was entertaining. Steelers did win, but boy, it was some shitty football. And excuse my French, I've had a couple of drinks already, some Jack and Cokes. So, you know, I mean, I might say some things on this episode.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. It was bad. It was bad. But you know what? I think that for me, uh, people that suggest that, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is the next great thing, which he might be. And he is a very polished young receiver. He is a budding superstar. I'm not taking that away. But you saw today what happens if Antonio Brown's not in the lineup too, Lance. Yeah, A.B.'s not there, and the Steelers' offense did not look the same, especially the passing attack, which, for some reason, they kept on trying to throw their way back into it for some reason instead of using James Conner and Jalen Samuels, who I think is going to be a very good one-two punch in the coming years. But let's get back to A.B. I mean, you saw it, Lance. This team was not the same uh, when without Antonio Brown in the lineup.
2: Obviously.
1: We're uh, <laughs> gonna paint with a broad brush.
2: <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bring hell in December.
1: Yes, that's exactly what they
2: did. <laughs> yes, <laughs> look, Juju is what he is, right? You have, but the coaches are responsible for putting the players into winnable situations, and the dreadful offensive performance you have to put it to fit of uh, the offensive coordinator, literally the feet, get it, feet, foot. Feet. I guess you guys get it. You may, you might not. Uh they knew A B was going to be out. Where's the plan? They look like they had no plan. You know, where where's the plan? You know, why did it take three quarters to start targeting tight ends? Maybe four quarters. You know, where was the plan? What are they trying to do? How about running the football? A little more play action. Uh, you know, incorporating both tight ends in the seams. I mean, where was that stuff happening? So, again, you know, you have a defensive coordinator that doesn't know that the tight end has been out for, like, 10 weeks, and you have an offensive coordinator that comes up with a game plan that looks like this.
1: Hey, man, Ryan Switzer, third and five. Let's run a little uh, screen to him. Gosh, so bad.
2: Jeff, don't get me started on that. The guy's not going to make anybody miss, and he's not going to break a tackle, and you throw it five yards behind the sticks.
1: Well, the, the, Ryan Switzer is me. I mean, he is essentially my size. He might have me by 10 pounds of muscle, probably. That's it. And I'm not making that play in the NFL. He certainly isn't. I mean, I'm not comparing myself to him, but in terms of size and stature, he's not going to make that play. But that's that's a whole other thing. Let's get into the talk right now, Lance. We're not going to waste any time. So what everyone wants to talk about It's firing season now. It's been firing season for the Steelers fan base for a long time. Everything from Tomlin to Butler to... I think Feitner has only been the safe one. Am I right? Have, have you heard any fire Feetner, Um, You know, anyone talking about that? I haven't seen any of that. People seem to be pretty happy with him. But Danny Smith, Joey Porter, Mike Tomlin, Keith Butler, Kevin Colbert, Dan Rooney can fire himself. I think someone said that one time. Um, it's It's firing season. So here's something I want to mention before I get your take on that, Lance. I tweeted this out, and this was two hours ago so this was during the game i said you know last season in my opinion the loss of ryan chazier and the aftermath slash adjusting to that loss of ryan chazier i think it saved people their jobs mainly the defensive coaching staff however with the whole offseason the draft free agency and the whole season now under their belts I don't think that should be the case this year, regardless of how this season ended, which obviously we know how it ended, barring a flukish tie tonight. Um, head should roll, in my opinion. But the question is, what head should roll? Let's be let's start off at the top and let's work our way down. Let's go with the general manager. I don't think there's any chance that Kevin Colbert it gets fired. Do you agree or disagree?
2: I agree, but before I. Comment, Jeff. Sure, yeah. I, I, you know, we're doing this show as Sunday Night Football comes on. I was just kind of distracted by the glitter belt that Carrie Underwood was wearing on the intro to Sunday Night Football. She's not attractive. I I just had to say that.
1: I'm talking about firing coaches and general managers, and you bring up (laughs) Kerry Underwood's
2: glitter belt. belt.
1: Jeez, put the bottle down, man, to focus.
2: Trying to watch her dance was just about as bad as watching this football team. And looking at L. Michael's hair, his comb over, that's pretty bad too. But no, Kevin Colbert stays. He's drafted, I don't think, as well on the defensive side of the football The cupboard is definitely full on the offensive side of football. You know, you're talking about an offense that has a quarterback that has over 5,000 yards passing. You're talking about an offense that is number one in the red zone, converting at an insane, almost 78% clip. They're a top five, top seven team on third down. They averaged about 28 points a game. So he's done an adequate job on that side of the football, but not on the defensive side of football. I think other than Hargrave and Watt, you know, his defensive draft picks have left a lot to be desired. They can improve in that uh, that regard, but I think he's safe.
1: Okay, I agree too. Defensive drafting needs to improve. I might even throw Sean Davis. I thought Sean Davis had a good season for
2: being
1: his first year at free safety. Uh, I'll put him in that list of, of young players that are adequate. I'm not going to say great. We'll say adequate. Um, so then we go to, we trickle down and we, Dan Rooney's not firing himself. So we trickle down now to the head coach, Mike Tomlin. He's not getting
2: fired. You agree or disagree? I agree. He's not getting fired, but the seat got to be hot.
1: That was my follow up question. Is mean, it, it, he it, getting hot.
2: It's got to be hot. Now, now he he'll be going into year thirteen next year. Would that yes, be yes?
1: Yes. Well, uh, no. I'm sorry. This would be. He's hired in 2007, and I know we're not good at math. So yeah, yes. it would be, yeah. A 12 season. This would be his
2: 12 season. Given the fact that he's been there 12 years, and I, I think after 12 years, that that's a long time. I, I think inevitably the message gets stale. So I think he's on the hot seat. I think he has to be on the hot seat. But again, I think him and Ben Roethlisberger are a package deal. I, I think if you were to remove Tomlin at this point, unless you promote from within the staff, I, I think the team takes a step back. I, I think they're, they're a tandem. I, I think one ben, one ben, once Ben leaves, I think that's the appropriate time to make the move at the head coaching position when you're going to possibly rebuild totally. Uh, So I I think he's safe, although I think the seat should be hot. This is a team, in my opinion, that was good enough on the offensive side of football alone to have made the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I agree 100% with you on there. Um, I think that the seat should be getting hot. If it wasn't hot already, it's a little bit hotter. Um, but I agree with you, and that's the one thing that fans need to understand is that you're not going to bring in a new coach. And everyone sees hires like Sean McVay, and um, I can't remember the coach from the the Bears off the top of my head, um, but he was a a young hire as well. And Matt Nagy. It was yes, Matt Nagy. Those guys are not just you know out there, and most of those, both of those guys that my that I'm using as an example had really good young quarterbacks. Well, Roethlisberger's a veteran; he has an offensive coordinator that he likes, and he has a system that he likes. The question now, in my opinion, the question isn't the offense; it's it's not the offense. I think the offense can clean it up a little bit, and I think they have some areas to improve upon. It's the defense, and so let's now go to from Tomlin. We both agree that Tomlin is safe this season. Butler, Keith Butler. Now, he's coming off a really, like you said earlier in the show, an embarrassing, embarrassing moment where he talked about Tyler Eifert multiple times in an interview with Steelers.com editor Bob Labriola, and he talked about how he was going to be tough for them to defend. I just don't understand how a... (laughs) NFL defensive coordinator, I've coached at the high school level, and I didn't even coach football, okay? But I was a head coach at the high school level, and we did scouting reports, and we watched millions of film. And if a player was hurt and not playing, my entire team, and I knew that, no doubt about it. At the NFL level, I don't care. And Labriola came out today and put out this BS, I'm sorry it was my fault tweet. It's BS because I don't care – if I was being interviewed by the paper after the game, I would make sure to say, well, he was hurt. We weren't game planning for him. I, I don't even know what to say anymore with this guy, but he's got to be gone, right?
2: Man, get rid of that bum. You're talking about drop the bottle. Put the bottle down. I mean, look, even if he look, – look at it this way, Jeff. Even if you didn't know the guy's name, you would identify the guy by number. And you know what made it even worse? then the Labriola trying to take up for the guy, and clearly the Steelers are telling Labriola to try to make Butler look good, is that the Bengals didn't even throw it to the tight end. I think the yeah. tight ends had one catch. I think you're right. Th- that's what made it even worse, is that they weren't even featuring the tight ends in the game plan. That just put icing on the dumbass cake that Keith Butler's been baking. But I said it last week. The defense is not playing to the standard of what is expected in Pittsburgh when you think of a Steeler defense. But they have gotten, what, about 110 sacks over the last two seasons. They're getting pressure. You have the emergence of Mike Hilton, Watt, Hargrave. There are small things that you can point to on this defense. But the, clearly, the, the clear thing that's damning, and I do to see if I can pull up the stat here. When you look at this Steelers season, five blown fourth quarter leads. That's fireable. It, that's fireable right there. He cannot come back. The, the, there is no way that that guy should come back. They have to turn it over, go in a different direction, on the defensive side of the football, okay, Mike well, is out there. Well, hold
1: on, hold let let, let me let, let me answer. Let me ask you a question. I don't want to me to interrupt you, but uh, before you get into names, if we both agree that Butler should go, we're not saying that he is going to. Although I think he probably will. If Butler's gone as a defensive coordinator, just give me some characteristics. I don't need names, okay? Give me some characteristics of a coaching philosophy coaching style that you think will not only be successful in Pittsburgh, but will match the personnel that is there. Because let's be honest, they're not going to want to bring in a four three guy, unless you feel that they have four three personnel already on the roster, because you can't, if you try to all of a sudden draft and being in all these players, it's a recipe for disaster. And so they're going to, what are some of these characteristics you're looking for? Your defensive guidelines, um what 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 would be some of those things you're looking for?
2: I like somebody who's going to keep with a three-four front. I like more uh sub-package football, playing more nickel, more dime. I even like the use of the dollar defense. I want to keep uh I want to play more man coverage as well. And I want to play more combo hybrid coverages. And I also want to be a very aggressive blitzing uh, you know, blitzing my safeties and utilizing my safeties. And a variety of coverage looks. So I, I want the 3-4 to stay. And I want them to stay aggressive. But I want to see more man coverage. And I want to see more sub-package football. And more creative sub-package football. More bracket coverage. you know, More blitzing uh, from different levels. Different players blitzing. Uh, so I, I think the elements are there. But I, I wouldn't even mind if a guy. If they played more nickel as, as their base package. You know, just, just so, so I think some of the elements are there. I, I just want to play more man, particularly I want to see more man incorporated in his defense.
1: It's going to be difficult because the Steelers typically like to keep their staff intact as much as possible. And I have a feeling if you bring in, uh, unless you hire from within, and I really don't see someone on the defensive staff unless you're talking about a guy like John Mitchell, who's been an assistant coach and the defensive line coach, unless you're talking about someone like him most defensive coordinators and most coordinators in general are going to want to bring in their own, their own guys. They're going to want to bring in their own secondary coach. They're going to want to bring in linebacker coaches, et cetera, et cetera. So if the Steelers make this move and they bring in an outsider, I, I think there could be a lot of turnover on this staff um, heading into 2019. Again, does not mean it'd be a bad thing necessarily. There could be a lot of turnover though. And I would like to see a defensive coordinator that is going to put the players in the best position to succeed, okay? So T.J. Watt, in the last four weeks, and this is going to only probably increase after today's game, uh, pro football focus gave him the highest grade in terms of pass rushing amongst all NFL pass rushers in the last four weeks heading into Week 17. Yet he also had the fewest rushes amongst the entire group. He's dropping into coverage so much. Why? You know, Dick LeBeau made a living off of a bookend bookend linebackers that did nothing but rush the passer. TJ Watt could certainly fall into that category if he continues this upward trajectory that he is currently on. Um you look even at at other linebackers like Vince Williams. I, I understand that offenses are going to scheme one way or the other, but you need to put your best players in their best in the in position that gives them the best chance to succeed. That's not putting Vince Williams in coverage. That's having him be a downhill thumper, Larry foot type linebacker. That's what I want to see, because I don't think Keith Butler does that very well. Other than Mike Hilton, it's the only player I can think of that he puts him in favorable positions for his skill set and for him to succeed. And he typically does. He blitzes him a lot off the edge. He's very good timing that blitz. Uh, He's good in coverage at the slot. So for me, I just think that uh, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, if you were to put a percentage on Butler staying, this would shock everyone, but if you were to say, okay, I give it a blank percentage on them keeping Butler around, what would
2: you do? No, Knowing the Steelers, it's probably 70%. Whoa, really? No, Knowing the Steelers, it's probably 70%. It, it, it's their reticence to fire coaches that makes me think that. Look, bottom line, with this team, the defense is not – the defense is – it's kind of just treading water. I mean, that's what it's doing. Year in and year out, this defense is not good enough to compete for a championship. If the Steelers are serious about winning a championship, they have to get this fixed on the defensive side of the football, period. Now, if that means – Doing unstealer like things, then they need to do it if they're committed to winning a championship. It'll be interesting to see it. Are they committed to winning a championship or are they committed to doing it the stealer way? We'll see.
1: I would say 50 50. Okay. I think there's a higher chance this year than in previous years that he gets canned. And so we'll see. Typically, these things happen quickly. Um, for those that don't know, and this is all barring a freaking miracle in Sunday night football that it ends in a tie somehow, but let's assume the Steelers season is over. Um, this normally happens in a week or so. Pittsburgh normally takes their time. They don't rush, but at the same time, it doesn't drag on. Um, so be prepared for some news in that regard. We both agree that Randy Feetner is safe, right?
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Okay. I thought that his offense did well in this key situational football red zone percentage. Um, Trying to think if they had more than one red zone opportunity. Let me look quickly to see. I know they were – I don't know if they got in the red zone that second attempt for that McCrane kick or not. Let me check here. Um, The red zone numbers – one for three. I'm sorry, they made it three times. So their percentage will drop a a, a little bit, but – Very good in the red zone. Third downs could improve a little bit. I thought it was a step in the right direction. Uh, What would you like to see change, not so much from a coaching personnel standpoint, but from a playing standpoint with this offense moving forward?
2: Run-pass mix. It needs to be closer to 60-40. You can clearly see when the Steelers were in their five-game winning streak, I think it was five games, the the run-pass mix was 60-40. When the run pass mix got tilted and it looked like 70-30, 75-25, they struggled offensively. They have to make a commitment to running the football on a consistent basis. And until that happens, you're going to get uneven offense because the quarterback this year in particular did not take care of the football and put the ball in harm's way repeatedly, even in this game. He only threw one interception. It was a pick six. But there were about three or four other throws that were very close to being intercepted. It has to be a more balanced approach on offense.
1: Yeah, and the scary thing is that at the end of the season, what did they start doing? Five wides. I mean, they're going empty set in this game. They ran five wides a ton. And that's without Antonio Brown. I'm thinking to myself, shoot, you're playing the Bengals. This is a game where... Now you, you, you don't run a lot of spread them out offense. You kind of just throw two, three tight ends out there, throw in James Conner, who was running the ball well, I thought. Um, and then you saw what happened. Five wides, spread them out. That's the way they think they, they – I hate empty sets, personally. Uh, I don't I don't like it in pass protection, um, safety valves, all that stuff. I understand why they use it. They're looking for mismatches, but I, I can't stand five wides and empty sets personally. Um I think that you know. I hindsight's always twenty twenty. I go all the way back to training camp, and I go all the way back to two thousand and seventeen training camp. And Ben Roethlisberger made it a point that he said that he was going to make sure he did not get intercepted in training camp at all. And I want to say he might have only been picked off one time that camp. Now I don't know what his totals were in last years. Uh, how many interceptions he had last year? But it was a heck of a lot lower, I believe, than it was this year. In this year at training camp, he was asked about the interceptions, and he said, Ah, you got to realize that sometimes you just got to go out there and sling the rock. There you go. <laughs> it's kind of some foreshadowing into what the season was like. It was kind of careless. It was kind of loosey-goosey, so to speak. And we all saw the result, which were some really, really costly turnovers by the quarterback, who should be the best player on the on the team. And he was, but he was also the worst player on the team at times, and that's kind of been the the M.O. for the Steelers this year. Don't you agree, Lance?
2: Yeah, he was very inconsistent with the football, and it was a shame just how much the Pittsburgh media guys were shilling and just shilling for this guy to win the MVP. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It was it was just embarrassing how they were begging for the guy to win the MVP. And I'll and I, riddle me this. I'll bet the only guy out there that's probably looking at film is our own Chris Carter and Mark Cabali. I, I would bet that all those other guys, in the mainstream Pittsburgh press guys, don't look at any film. Because if you looked at Penn Roethlisberger's film, there's no way the guy played really consistent football this year. The numbers did not tell the true story. The guy was putting the ball in harm's way all year. Through a ton of destructive interceptions and did not play Ben Roethlisberger esque quality level football. The type of football that they needed down the stretch for them to win just wasn't good enough.
1: Yeah, no. So I bet we both, in case you're just joining the show, we just had an uptick and viewers on our YouTube channel. Um, we both think that Keith Butler should, be, should go. We think the Randy Featner is safe. And he's not going to go anywhere. Let's go down to special teams now. Danny let me Smith, go, go let ahead. Me go
2: back to, let me go back to the offense real quick. Sure, and, ahead. And I'm, I was trying to bring up Ramon Foster's contract situation. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Ramon Foster in his last year?
1: He's, he's going to be a free agent. I believe he signed a two-year deal um, a couple years ago, and thats that will be expired this offseason. So they'll have a decision to make at the left guard position.
2: I, th- I think a telltale sign of what they're going to be and what they want to be offensively will be how they deal with Ramon Foster and the type of player they bring in and or what they do with the offensive line in general. Th- that is a pass-blocking offensive line. That is their strength. That's what they want to do. That's how they feel they should move to football and try to win games. That- that's just what it is. I-, I think if you see them not offer a deal to Foster, and bring in more of a road grader, a bigger, more physical guy inside, I think that might tip it. Even if they bring, even if they put Filer inside as a guard, being that he's allegedly the strongest offensive lineman, maybe if they kick him inside and you put Chucks outside, maybe that indicates, I think that would be a good indication that they might want to run it a bit more. But again, I think this offense has to be more balanced in terms of how it approaches offense. And Danny Smith has to go. Special teams unit is inconsistent, makes a lot of mistakes, highly penalized. And I think that is a safe firing to give Steeler fans, so to speak, a head on a swivel or a head on a spike, I should say.
1: Yeah. Um, Danny Smith, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about him in future podcasts. I want to talk a little bit more about um, the the football that was played today. Um We'll put our fire segment in on Wednesday for our podcast. The standard is a standard. But let's talk about the football that was played today. The Steelers did win 16-13, to as I said at the beginning of the show. It was an ugly game. There really was nothing notable to mention other than the fact that Antonio Brown was very missed. Let's go to Cleveland, and let's go to Baltimore. In Baltimore, Browns-Ravens. It was pretty cool after the Steelers game that the, the crowd stayed, in the, uh, stayed together. The Steelers players, majority of them, stayed on the field to watch on the Jumbotron, how the game played out. Would have been even cooler to see the reaction of everyone if the Browns could have managed to somehow get the yardage necessary for a game-winning field goal. Let's talk about the state of, well, let's talk about that game first. We go to the state of the AFC North. What were your thoughts on the way that game played out?
2: Can I just say how disgusting I felt having to root for the Browns. That, that, I think that's what pisses me off the most is that this football team put me in a position to where I had to root for the freaking Browns. If you're a Pittsburgher, if you're a Steeler fan. We don't like the Browns. You know that. Yeah. You know, I used to walk around downtown and watch people say we could go oh, and whatever, but at least we beat the Browns. They used to have those t-shirts. And I had to watch the Browns, but the one thing I did see in watching that game is Steelers got issues winning this division moving forward. Baker Mayfield can ball, and the Ravens have figured out a way to play offense with Lamar Jackson. And as divergent or different as the two are offensively, both are going to be tough as nails to deal with moving forward. The AFC North just got tough as hell moving forward to win.
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. <clears throat> I'll tell you this. I, I I like the Browns' direction more than I do the Ravens'. I will go on a limb and say that Lamar Jackson will not be a starting quarterback in the NFL in five years. Thumbly. I
2: agree. I agree unless he learns how to slide. But, but for the Steelers' window, uh, we're talking the Ben Roethlisberger window. I mean, we don't care about three years from now. I mean, Ben's window was, what, closed two years? Who? I mean, ben Roethlisberger window. He, what? Two more years? Two, three?
1: three. Three at the max, I'd say.
2: Nah, I I see Lamar Jackson playing for another couple of seasons. He takes a bunch yeah. of hits, but they got a formula up there that went well, six and one.
1: It'll it'll get figured out though. That's the thing. This this offense that they're running reminds me of of the Wildcat, um, which was perfected down in Miami and no one knew how to stop it. And they ran that wildcat through new England everywhere. And guess what happened? They figured it out. Now Lamar Jackson can throw the football. I understand that. And I know that he is a better throw to the football than what he's put on the field. Because if you watched his film from Louisville, in my opinion, uh, as a quarterback, you don't win the Heisman just by running. He's an athlete. He's a very athletic quarterback. He's going to make some great throws. He's going to make some dumb throws, but, I just think that eventually defenses will figure it out. And it might happen this playoffs. Maybe it won't.
2: You're right. They but will. these
1: these gimmicks don't last. They don't last. And he's going to have to go to be a pocket passer to win in this league. It's just how it is It's going to be. Um, if not, he's going to get injured. Or it's going to be just banging his head against the wall. And next thing you know, they're going to move on to someone else. You know, so, I don't
2: disagree. I don't disagree. I think the Browns, if you give the famous – you know, description half full or what is it? Half full or half empty. Uh, the Browns are half full.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it was only a matter of time to all those draft picks. They actually found some decent players. So they're going to have some questions at the head coaching position, you know, because they're not sure who they're going to have. Greg Williams, they, they want him back a D coordinator, but not as head coach. Some are talking about the offensive coordinator being the head coach now. Look, that's a mess, and that could go, that could change everything. But ultimately, um, the Steelers are not going to have a cakewalk in the AFC North uh, anymore. Not for the foreseeable future. You've got young quarterback and Baker Mayfield, young quarterback Lamar Jackson, Andy Dalton, and Cincinnati's he's not—he's not a guy that you're going to write down as a, someone that's going to scare you to death. But he's not awful. I can think of a lot worse quarterbacks. Um, And then you have the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger. And I still, I'll say this now, and we're going to talk about this a lot in the offseason, I'm sure. I still think Mason Rudolph is the future, not Joshua Dobbs. But that's just me. We haven't seen enough of Rudolph. Just my own personal opinion. And we'll throw that out there.
2: Well, so to to that point, to comment quickly, uh, for what they did to get him, he better be.
1: It's a third-round pick, man. It's not like they traded up in the first round.
2: No, but they did give a third-round pick. You can get a quality football player in the third round. Oh, yeah. So I I don't think they plan for it to be Dobbs. Um, I I think if you would ask Steeler Brass, they hope that uh, he becomes the number two guy next year at least because the the transition is going to happen quickly uh, away from Ben Roethlisberger. It's going to be quicker than people think. Uh, This game moves fast. And unless you're sipping T12, uh, TB12 electrolytes, most people don't go into their 40s. Well, here's
1: here's what needs to happen, in my opinion, and we'll kind of end the show on this, and I'll give you a chance to talk here, Lance, in a few minutes. But the Steelers now have two things potentially going their way coming up here in the coming months. First and foremost is that they're actually going to have a draft position that'll be drastically different than what they've seen in the last four years. Can I give um, you what
2: the number is, Jeff? I think it's, is 20. it, ni- is it it's okay? 20. I was
1: going to say, I thought it was either 19 or 20. So, okay. So it's 20. So they're going to be drafting significantly earlier than where they have been. I know it's not ideal, but at the same time, you might be able to get that one athlete that you think can really t- change the tide. Okay. Ch- turn the tide. So to speak. Another thing, they're going to have some salary cap space. That fourteen point five million dollars that's supposed to that was supposed to go to Le'Veon Bell this year is rolled over into salary cap space next year. Which, combine that with the expected ten million increase, which is pretty average. It might be more, might be a little bit less, but on average, it's about a ten million dollar increase in the salary cap. All of a sudden, you have some money to throw around. I'm going to go one step further. The Steelers should offer Ben Roethlisberger a two-year contract extension to get his salary cap number down for this season i want to say he's due something like 23 million dollars this year in 2019 if they can somehow if omar khan can work his magic and get that number down it would give them even more cap space and maybe just maybe the steelers could be players for a, a a big time player not just a big time name a big time player in free agency someone that can come in can be a difference maker, especially on defense. I Um, know you
2: don't like this guy. And and by the way, Jeff, I think that's a great idea. I think if Omar Khan called Ben Roethlisberger up right now and said, we'd like to convert your P5 into a signing bonus right now, give you an extension and stretch it out, I think that's a two-minute conversation. Ben will take that money right now and play for about a mil five the last couple of years and take all that money right now. He'd do it in a second.
1: Absolutely, here, but it's guaranteed money.
2: Here, here's a number. Here's a name I'm gonna throw out to you because you don't. I, I, I think you don't like the guy when we were comparing him to Shazier. But what about the guy that that made the interception in Baltimore to end the Steelers' season?
1: C.J. Mosley.
2: Absolutely.
1: I don't think he's gonna be available.
2: I think he's a free agent, but I, I think the Ravens will keep him. Yeah. But that that that's a name because I think defensively, let me ask, you, let me really do this, Jeff. To make the most significant impact on this defense, what position group needs to be upgraded the most?
1: Oh, that's on defense, uh, that's tough. Uh, it's, to me, it's, it's the deep middle. Uh, we'll put it that way. It's, not, it's, it's safeties and inside linebackers. That's for me. Um, the cornerback situation is not ideal. Joe Hayden, I think, had a great season. Um, it was marred by some bogus calls in New Orleans, but I thought he had a great year. Is he what he used to be as a player? No, but he's better than what the Steelers have. I can expect them to draft a cornerback or sign a cornerback to play opposite him. And then I think when you do that, you're looking at inside linebacker. And then I don't know what it is about Terrell Edmonds, but I'm not sold on that guy yet. And Sean Davis is still getting the position down in my opinion.
2: I like, I like Edmonds. Uh, I, I think Edmonds has shown flashes that as a staff, I think you're encouraged. Let me throw some names. I don't have an a, a ending monologue other than the fact that I, I think the phrase that most describes this, or best describes this season is just missed opportunities. Missed opportunities repeatedly over the course of this season. Uh, marred this team the other thing that you could say and it was fitting that the season is probably going to end on a turnover you know the Steelers inability to get it get them and the Steelers turning it over too much Uh, it's just fitting that it ended that way that in the biggest spot Baltimore got a turnover to seal the Steelers fate but we can we can revisit this on Wednesday's show Jeff, but I wanted to throw out some names. Okay. And uh, Chris Adamanski, uh, a guy that I follow on Twitter, pick up Chris. He, he put the following up here, and he said th- the following. To varying degrees, for varying reasons, the possibility that this is the Steelers' final game for the following. I'm going to read these names off, and let's just hit it. Now, we can revisit this on Wednesday. I'm just asking you to hit it. I haven't yeah, never that's thought fine. about it. Let's do it. Um, Jesse James. Gone. Ramon Foster. Gone. Agree, agree. Anthony Ciccolo.
1: If they can sign him cheap, you bring him back.
2: I agree. Tyson Alu-Alu.
1: The same with Ciccolo. If you can get him cheap, bring him back. If not, let him go.
2: I agree. Cody Cinsaba. Gone. Gone. I agree. Jordan Berry.
1: Oh man, Jordan <laughs> Berry, man, that's my boy. Uh, gone. He's pow going. pow.
2: He's gone. <laughs> pow pow. He's gone. Uh, Darius Hayward Bay. Gone. Agree. Dan, I stand up when I play defensive lineman like I'm slow dancing McCullers.
1: Please, for the love of God, just be gone by
2: now. <laughs> bang bang. Steven. <laughs> I don't know why I had the ball on third and two. I put it on the ground, Ridley.
1: It's Steven, I used to have a job in Pittsburgh, Ridley.
2: Bang, bang. L.J. <laughs> Fort.
1: Keep him. Try to find a way to keep him. I think he's a guy that you could have as, as a security blanket if you don't find an athletic inside linebacker in free agency or in the draft. I think that he is a Band-Aid. Not an answer, but it could be a Band-Aid. Similar to what he was this year, I think you try to get him back as if you can.
2: I think he'll be back, and I think he'll be the guy that the Steelers will try to sell to Steeler fans that he's the upgrade and the fix at the inside linebacker for John Bostick. Let me give That's you it. another name. Okay. Morgan Burnett.
1: Ah, uh, Burnett. Um... You're gonna have to eat his cap pit. I mean, same with Bostick. If you're gonna cut these guys, I mean you're gonna have to eat some some salad. I say you keep Burnett. Yes, um, I agree. I was encouraged by what he did at the end of the season when he was healthy. The problem is he never stays healthy. So um I say you keep him.
2: Yes, I think you keep him. I think he's a good dime backer when you go to uh when you got when you're playing dime. I think he could play inside in that area and play tight ends. I think he showed Late in the year, like you said, LT Walton.
1: I just feel like guys like LT Walton are easily replaceable as undrafted free agents or even um, six-round draft picks. You know what I mean?
2: Bang, bang, he's gone. Uh, Matt McCrane.
1: Uh well, Matt McRae. Uh, he had three kicks today. Doesn't kick the ball into the end zone on kickoffs. Not sure if that's by design or if his five foot five frame can't handle that duty. Um, I'll say thanks, but no thanks. I would. His name will be out there probably if you need him. I'm hoping that Chris Boswell can get his act together this offseason and come back ready to go.
2: Now, did you see Chris Boswell's tweet? I, I, I'm thinking that that was him.
1: He I deleted his, his Twitter account, I thought.
2: I thought, his twi- I thought his Twitter account was Wizard of Boz.
1: He, there was a nine in there, I think. I'm not sure.
2: Oh, okay, I don't know. because I think there was a Wizard of Boz Twitter account. I'm sure somebody in the live chat clarify because he wrote eat a D, to somebody that uh tweeted <laughs> boswell is gone i was wondering if that was him i am gonna I say know.
1: that that was probably not his verified account <laughs>
2: yeah, i was like that was pretty funny if it was last but not least your favorite my favorite and everybody in pittsburgh steeler nation's favorite Artie burns
1: well, they're going to have a decision to make on his fifth-year option, I don't think they're picking That's they pick not it up. happening. They're, they, they're they not don't picking pick up the up yet. But at, at the same time, it's going to cost you relatively nothing to keep him in the fold, to give him a chance at training camp, to show that he could possibly bounce back. Um, I don't think that his presence keeps you from drafting a cornerback or looking at that area in free agency, but I don't think that you cut him outright. I just don't think it's necessary.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think him being a first-rounder will save him. For the last season that he plays in Pittsburgh, he will not get the fifth year option. Nor should, nor, nor, should nor should he. Nor should he. He has it. not earned it. And yeah. they will give him opportunities to play poor football again and be a backup and play special teams and possibly get holding calls. Well, he's good um, at the.
1: He's good at the penalties.
2: Yes, he, yes, he is. Um, so I think that's. So that, that I just wanted to run through that. That yeah, no, that's pretty Quickly.
1: Well, uh, so that, that's a good stopping point. I, I want to make sure that our fans that are watching live on YouTube or listening on audio form, if I hope that you all understand that that we aren't going anywhere. I, I said this all last week and a little bit the week before that, but because of the holidays, I'm sure a lot of people haven't been tuning in as as frequently as off as they usually do. We are going to be back now. The post game show is obviously going to vanish until the Steelers play another meaningful game, but we, as Lance, myself, Brian, Tony. We are going to continue to give you podcasts and audio. Uh, I'm looking at a minimum of three to set three to four shows a week in the offseason starting next week. Um, Lance and I are kicking around an idea for a Steelers hot takes uh hot take show where we take one of your listeners' stupid ideas <laughs> and basically say, does it have any credence? You know? So fire Mike Tomlin. That might be number one. That might be hot take number one, and we debate legitimately debate whether this is a, a, a legitimate take or not. So that's going to be an idea. We're going to have a lot of draft prep. We're going to talk about team needs. Um, I hope you have some shorter podcasts, things of that nature, but we're still going to be back, so make sure you still follow us in all of our platforms. So those are, pay attention. Audio platforms, you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us Google Play, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, you name it, we're there. Art19 is another one. YouTube. Go to YouTube. Search BTSC Steelers Radio. You can subscribe, like the content. We appreciate all the support there. We aren't going anywhere. The 2019 season starts now. I can't believe it's going to be mock draft season. God, I hate that. But hey, <laughs> the Steelers made that. The Steelers made their bed, man, and it's they're laying in it now. The season is over. Nine, six, and one. And we'll have a long time to stew over this, Lance. I appreciate all your time and efforts in the post game show throughout this season we appreciate it i know the listeners appreciate it so do i and uh we'll be back on wednesday this week for the standard is the standard make sure you check us out and all our other podcasts we'll see you on the next one
0: hello i'm spencer hall from sb nation and i want to tell you about my new show it seems smart it seems smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another seem smart at the time